It is not 5 o'clock on a Wednesday night on 88.3 The Dog, and that is because at this moment in the present day, when you are listening to this, we are on a bus headed to a new station in Quincy as part of the National Broadcasting Society. This is assuming Evan puts this up, or schedules it for put up at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. It'll for- be up, whether or not uh, it's up is will not be on me if that so happens. I, I have my ways. So. For the 88.3 of the dog portion, anyway, I thought we were going to put it at the same time. So if that is the case, it is 5 o'clock on a Wednesday night, and we are on a bus. So this is a recorded version. So for full disclosure and transparency, we're recording this at, what, 8 o'clock on, on uh, this Monday night? So no talk of Monday Night Raw because, we well, we haven't been watching it. I've just gotten back from work, and Evan has just gotten over here and... Fix supper and yeah, we are recording this in my lovely apartment. Just supper, like we, supper of champions, it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, just like we did this summer. So if the acoustics somehow sound, or if the acoustics do, all of a sudden sounds so much worse and so much more echoey, and you go, hey, well this sounds like the first four yet, yeah, well or five or whatever it was. That's because it's in the same place. And if it sounds better, please let us know because then we'll have to fix our studio. <laughs> Michael Dyan alongside Evan Williams, and this is No Marks Allowed. This is your wrestling podcast. And you can find us on several different places. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio One? No, 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 no. We're not that we're not that popular. Radio there's a radio something it's on like that list. Radio something. It's one of the ones that nobody really uses, so just stick with the Google Pods. Radio something and ho- maybe, hopefully soon to be on Castbox. Maybe. Maybe. Evan is working on that. He's our marketing guy. And co host. So we <laughs> and producer and editor. So we will hopefully... I'm just a talking head. So hopefully we will soon be on CastBox for you yes, to enjoy. Yes, because I don't know how to work this stuff. <laughs> without the ramblings and meandering... Meanderings? Meanderings out of the way, let us get to the rumor mill. Yeah, so I saw this um, yesterday before uh, before LNSL aired. And uh, this, now, granted, this was from one place. I don't remember what the source was. It probably wasn't very reliable. But there was talks that um, they're probably going to retire the women's tag team championships already. Why? Well, they said because uh, there's not enough women tag teams if they're going to separate the shows. Apparently, they want to be on separate brands. But I said that even when we had the brands split originally, we had um, there was titles that were able to go on both shows. I think there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, they're also apparently the 24/7 title. Segments, most of the segments are going to be on YouTube now instead of on TV, which is fine. But I definitely think you should keep the women's tag team titles around. It's brand new. It gives another opportunity for women. And you can, I mean, I'm sure Fox and NBC won't mind if there's like one team that's on both shows. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see the need to get rid of the women's tag team titles. And in the age of empowerment and social justice and all these things, a women's tag team title, as long as you tell them, this has never been done before. Doug, done before. This is the women's tag team titles, EST 2018. We are new and hip and cool. Um, as long as you do that, 
to appealing the younger Fox audience, then, yeah, I, I think you'd be fine. Especially since by this time next year, AEW is going to have women's tag team titles guaranteed. Oh, really? Probably. I think they mentioned that. They were going to try to do this. They were going to work on the singles division for a while, but that's pretty much all I have for the rumors, though. So, with the rumors and the various musings and meanderings out of the way, in the rest of the podcast today on the Indie Point 3 Dog Edition of the podcast, we'll go over some stuff from Friday Night SmackDown, from Hell in a Cell, from AEW, and then the draft things will come about on the podcast edition of this show. First, let's talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Let's go chronologically, nice and tidy and sweet. Well, it's not really chronologically because AEW is for that, but... Never okay, mind. WWE chronologically. Chronologically, WWE standards. So, uh, Fox, the Fox debut, apparently was a success. I think over 3 million people tuned in. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it blew all the other shows from this last week out of the water. Which, you know, duh. It's it's network television and it's a... Wow. It's a 3.9. Jesus that is a big number. Yeah. Probably not going to be that big this week, but... No, that's probably going to be about a third. Mm. But, um... Just, just for... Hang on. Um, just have for a list context. Of all the other, like what the other ones did. I was going to say, like, like, just for context, Monday Night Raw did a 2.6 million viewership um, for Monday Night... And All Elite Wrestling Dynamite did 1.4 for their debut on TNT. NXT did 890,000 viewers this Wednesday. So SmackDown, way up above everybody this week. There were a lot of rumors about people showing up, and apparently The Undertaker was one of them that was rumored to show up but did not show up. Which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, people uh, were tweeting at him. It was like, hey, why weren't you there? And he responded by saying, I was told I wasn't needed. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I mean you had Cain Velasquez, um, some other MMA guy named Tyson Fury I've never heard of in my life. He's a prize fighter, boxer. Some dude I've never heard of. And then you also had Brock Lesnar. Uh, uh, the, uh, and The Rock, The Rock dressing down Baron Corbin to, once again, Barry, whoever gets the King of the Ring, and... Becky Lynch getting retribution. Brock Lesnar being Kofi Kingston in 10 seconds. So once again, Vince McMahon loves large men with large muscles and that can sweat all over him. And he, once again... Puts the belt on a guy who's going to show up once every 25 minutes, or every 25 minutes, every 25 years. And, and hopefully Cain Velasquez will beat him, beat him up, but we know Lesnar will come out on top of this because I really don't think they're going to give Cain Velasquez the title. Well, and apparently some a rumor that I had heard was this will be fought in a MMA-style match. I'm okay with that. Which it be like I have the, a problem with. Is it, is it like the Lions didn't match that they had back in the day? It's wrestling. Have a freaking wrestling match. It's a good stipulation. How about a wrestler in a wrestling match? 
if I wanted to watch Cain Velasquez and Velasquez and Brock Lesnar fight in an MMA match, you know what I'd do? I'd go find their MMA match. That's, I'd, I'd go watch that. Or you can just watch any of the other wrestling matches that are happening on the next pay-per-view. What do you mean by that? I mean, there's probably going to be about 10. One MMA-style match isn't going to do anything. I'm just saying. I think it's ridiculous. I like it. I don't. I don't like most things, though. That you know true. that. You don't like a lot of things. Any other fun things from SmackDown? Uh, no, I mean, um, like I said, uh, Kobe Kingston's the longest champion. Um, Which I was... I don't... Uh. I don't... I didn't really hear, like, much about... Like, the only thing that was, like... They didn't really talk much about what happened on SmackDown. Because, oh, uh, uh, <clears throat> Kevin Owens uh, beat Shane, uh, Shane McMahon, so she, he'll be gone for a few months. Yeah. That was in a, that wound up being a ladder match, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, full disclosure, the SmackDown things are probably going to be a little short. Well, this one will be. I don't know about this coming week's. Oh, no, this coming week's is going to be really short because we're doing a volleyball game. Yeah. So, I don't know how long the SmackDowns are going to be because they're on Friday nights and Evan and I also do other work, play-by-play and color commentary work, and we're heading into that season starting for us. And I am a cord cutter. I don't have cable. And I would have Fox if Sling would quit fighting with them. Well, Sling is no longer fighting with them. I saw earlier that they made a deal with Dishon, but you still don't get the local channel. Well, yeah, but well, if they weren't fighting, and if I was at my house, because Fox 32 Chicago and NBC 5 Chicago have deals with Sling, but the local channels down here don't, so I'd have to go to Evans to watch Friday Night SmackDown, and this week we'll be at a volleyball game. Next week... Who knows? Last week we couldn't because you were seeing something else. You were going to live entertainment. Yeah. And I was I was doing something. I think I was working on stuff. So just full the culture. If the SmackDown things are kind of short, that's why. Yeah. Um, so uh, all this SmackDown stuff is kind of... And like we said last week, kind of this is all up in the air. Like there's not really much to talk about because this is all going to be moot. In like a week, because of that's when they're like they're resetting everything pretty much, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to our exclusive drafts coverage. But um, yeah, pretty much, this was just uh, uh, pretty much a showcase just to show SmackDown on Fox. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It was just a season premiere. There wasn't really a lot of building work done other than Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. We're going to face each other at Crown Jewel, I think. <sighs> but why? I don't know. And also... Maybe the prince wanted to see it. Look, if you're going to have the, the uh, Saudi Arabia events happen, will you at least be unlazy enough to name them more than two things, please? Crown Jewel and Super Showdown. At least don't be lazy about it if you're going to take money from the Saudis. I like. Wasn't there a rumor called like the Sands of Time? Wasn't that a rumor? Which is fine. Yeah, that's an awesome name for a pay per view. Yeah, do that. Wait. Um. Now let's move on to the. Well, the sub main event of this podcast. 
Let's go ahead and move on to AEW because I have a feeling the blow-off about Hell in a Cell is going to be pretty long. Oh, yes. So, you know it's bad when I say the blow-off about Hell in a Cell is going to be bad and Evan is the one that says, oh, yeah. <coughs> and then I start coughing to death. So, All Elite Wrestling's first show we watched it was decent. live and I no longer give a damn about... Was decent. I honestly don't remember most of the matches. Only one match I remember, and that was the women's championship match. That's because you love Riho and, and Japanese wrestling. Riho. <laughs> Whatever. Riho, Miho, Biho, Trio. Um, yeah, AEW's for show. Um, Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara was good. That I think that was a good match. Um, Did that end up being thrown out as a disqualification? I don't remember. I know there no uh, no 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 because they shook hands afterwards. We're going to or whatever. There was a brawl after. Yeah, with Chris Jericho. Right, um, because Jericho attacked Cody Rhodes. Um, and also, I love how MJF is part of Cody Rhodes' family. That's what they're calling it now. But when Jericho attacked him, he didn't come out, and then MJF explained that after the show, which is really good attention to detail by AEW. Which I like. I think it's I good mean, to... I mean, they've done that. They've done that in WWE before, remember? Remember with Becky Lynch? Like, that was part of the reason why Becky Lynch became popular. Because she added herself into things. Like, she, like they asked her, why weren't you there? Like, they asked her on Twitter why she wasn't there. She said, I was busy eating quinoa or whatever. Or some, type of, some type of food. Quinoa. Quinoa? Quinoa. Quinoa. And, um... You have... I can't I can't do the R's thing. I'm like halfway sick. Um and I have quinoa. Quinoa. Um and <clears throat> then like the next week she was getting beat up again or later, mm-hmm. she had the quinoa. She's like, not today, and she throws it down and she goes at it. So that was and that was a way for her to put herself on TV when she had been in limbo for a while. But they don't do it a lot of the time. Yeah, and that was all her. AEW so far, has done it a decent bit of the time on television, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, other things from the first AEW card on television ever. Kenny Omega, uh, the the main event was... And I'll, I'll let you talk about the Women's Championship match. Um, the main event was... Uh, oh, um, I should first purpose this by saying Rhodes and Guevara was the first match. Then your main event... Was the Hangman Adam Page and oh, is uh, Hangman Adam Page and LAX correct against mm, Chris Jericho? Was LAX? I'm totally blanking. It was a six man tag. Kenny Omega was with the Young Bucks, and yeah. Chris Jericho was against uh, am I confusing my AEW matches already? Yeah, because I think Punk was facing. Oh. Page, which I have no recollection of that match. Okay, whatsoever. yes, that's right. I'm sorry. I just, I just completely screwed up my matches. Hangman Adam Page faced Pac in. Uh, it was. I. You're right. I don't have a ton of. Great, I don't remember that match. I don't have a ton of great memory of that match, but it it wasn't anything objectionably bad. I mean, it was probably a good match. Um, the main event, that was Chris Jericho and LAX against 
Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and they did some stuff to each other for a little while, and then eventually Kenny Omega just stood looking at the outside on the hard camera for like a minute and a half, and then John Moxley showed up, and they had a little brawl, and then eventually went outside, and um, John Moxley did DDT through a glass table, except none of Omega hit the table, and only Moxley did, so it looked like crap. Then the Bucks and LAX did did some nice things in the ring. And then Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, showed up. That was afterwards, after Chris Jericho serving everybody up, right? After, yeah, after the match, here comes Jack Swagger, and there was a really big pop for him, which just kind of shows you. There was a We the People chant. Yep, there was a We the People chant, and it. I'm pretty sure it ended with him staring at the hard camera, correct? Yep. Because it, or at least he did for a while. It ended on him. I AEW think. ended its first week of television with Jack Swagger staring at the camera. No, he wasn't doing We the People. And now we have a match that was announced today for the next AEW Dynamite uh, that will be this Wednesday. It emanates from Boston. And this is yet another reason why I wouldn't watch this garbage. Uh, or this show because of this garbage match. Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc in the battle of people who like to cut themselves for 50 bucks. And the winner receives a world championship match the next week in Philadelphia. So looks like I won't be watching uh, two weeks in a row, Evan. Well, John, John Moxley's facing uh, Sean Spears. Mm. Okay, maybe I'll watch part of it. I mean, we won't be watching any of it because we'll be in... in. No, no, no. Uh, next week. Oh. The week after is when the championship match is. So, yay, two crap wrestlers doing crap things. Although the Young Bucks and the private party this week won't probably won't be that bad. Um, but anyway, so that's a couple of things of note anyway. Anyway. From AEW, and from after the show, and I thought this show was okay. I wasn't, I wasn't over the hill or anything on it being absolutely incredible, but it was a, it was a fine television debut. They had a, they had a debut in there, which I thought was really good. John Moxley's appearance was just fine because it sets up a match with. He and Kenny Omega, and yeah, that's good. Ooh, this is interesting, Evan. Yes? Going through Cody Rhodes' Twitter account here, looking for any possible matches, uh, Dynamite will be coming to Champaign, hmm. Illinois, on a Wednesday night uh, uh, in December. Will be at the place formerly known as the Assembly Hall? Yes, it will be at the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois. That is quite interesting. Do I hear a road trip? Maybe. We'll see how it is going by that. That would that would certainly be an interesting thing to do. Talk about the show the next week. Um, and before we end the talk about AEW, Evan, because you are a big fan of the... Not Fuji. God dang it. Um, uh, Joshi? Joshi. Thank you. I don't know why I said Fuji. Fuji is the mountain in... Evan is a big fan of Joshi Wrestling, so I will let him talk about the new women's champion. Yeah, the first ever women's champion was Riho 
and oh. she uh, <clears throat> beat the what do they call it the beast or whatever uh, Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a good match. I mean, I forget how she won. I think it was a roll up, but I'm I just like was ha- the, just the the little factoid that they gave before the match. Riho is 22 years old. She began wrestling at the age of nine. Which is ridiculous. That's incredible. Wrestling at the age of nine, so she debuted in 2006. So she's been wrestling since 2006. That's a lot of years. Uh, That would be 13, Evan. Thank you. I was waiting for somebody to say it. So, yeah. So you were waiting for me to say it. I was hoping. So, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. 13 years, and she's finally champion, and I think they they made the right thing for her being the first champion. Um, Nyla Rose will get her time, and she should eventually, but I think uh, we got a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm guessing where they're going with this is going to be Britt Baker versus uh, Presley, number one contenders match, and then they'll face... Uh, I'm not sure how long Rio will hold the title because she's technically not signed with AEW. Mm-hmm. She's a freelance. So we'll see. I think it'll be interesting. Anything else from AEW? I think that's about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, before we get into Hell in a Cell, I will ask you one question, Evan. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the first night? Of what? AEW. I thought it was all right. I mean, it was different. Are you looking forward to watching more? I mean... Did it, did it make you want... Not just for this podcast, but here's my... Did it make you want to watch more? I mean, I think... It, yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said... Because I'm, I'm not a big... Jack, I, there's a lot of people that are... More than I thought, anyway, that are big Jake Hager slash... Jack Swagger fans, but I think it's it's okay. You're you're the new TNA. I mean, a uh, new old TNA is kind of the place for them. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, like I said, it's been, we've been a little bit sat, oversaturated with wrestling for a bit, so it's going to be harder. But uh, I think it. I think it. They've caught interest. Now we will. I will talk a little about, about a little bit about NXT, which featured a cruiserweight match on the card last Wednesday night, and it featured among other things a match between Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. Oh, that, that was that was the night. I still want to. I still need to go watch that match. Io Shirai versus who was she facing? Mia. Mia again. And, uh, like, a match that went through two breaks, so it was, like, a three-segment match. Uh, Adam Which Cole. Which is incredible. Adam Cole and Matt Riddle put on what apparently was an awesome match. Yeah, opening, opening the show, and Finn Balor is now a uh, member of NXT. Which is freaking great. And later on in the night... We'll have to wait a little bit longer for the OC to be complete. And later on in the night, we get something that makes me completely forget about AEW, personally. 
Uh, we also had a good match, or a decent match, between Shane Thorne and Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae tried to end Shayna Baszler's World Championship reign, Women's World Championship reign, that, thank goodness, was not successful. And then finally, the Street Profits in the Undisputed Era put on another really good tag team match that in proving that, once again, the Undisputed Era is one of the best current tag teams around and that the Street Profits are really good too and that NXT had two awesome bookend matches and then Adam Cole was out on the ramp uh, you know, talking like, hey, yeah, great job, guys. The Undisputed Arrow, you know, we'll live forever. And then the heartbeat came. The screen behind him turned black. It's Taz! And no. The, no, and the, the pieces of glass, like the the <coughs> the fake glass from his Titantron video rolled, and I got excited. I was all, get out, because Tommaso Ciampa is back. Yeah. Holy... After having neck surgery in March, I believe. Yeah, he's back in October. That's ridiculous. We still might be a bit before we actually see him in a match, but at least he's back in... Don't care. His problems are good enough for me. His presence is good enough for me. So, this is where I think that AEW and NXT had a really big discrepancy this week. NXT was allowed 15 minutes to go, go over 15 minutes. Well, but, but wait a second. I mean, I think they would have put the Champa thing in. They would just would have shortened some matches. Probably yeah, Lorraine. They probably Yim and uh, Shirai would have gotten shortened. Probably just segment. But if they hadn't been allowed the 15 minutes over. But the big discrepancy, I think. I mean, they didn't use all 15 minutes, but they used most of it. The big discrepancy, I think, was the big pop for AEW. Besides the show itself, but the debut, return, whatever you want to call it, the big debut was Jack Swagger, who last seen in the WWE was lower mid-card. Now, does he, not, does he not have talent? I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, popping big for Jack Swagger is one thing. It'll get you a good-sized pop. However... Sending the Finn Balor, the longest reigning champion, back down to NXT. Is he the longest reigning NXT champion? That's what they said. Oh. And bringing back Tommaso Ciampa on the same night, hopefully praying to the wrestling gods that will set up a triple threat between Finn Balor, Adam Cole, and Tommaso Ciampa that I will... I will have... I don't know what I'm going to set for it, but it is dated whenever it is going to happen. It will be dated, circled, crossed, highlighted, checkmarked. It will be marked everything, so I do not forget it, because that will be amazing. And yeah, uh, AEW lost, in my opinion. It, At least for me personally... Unless there's a show where there's no Gargano, no no Finn Balor, no Champa, and no Adam Cole, NXT's more interesting to me. And especially since they're having two garbage idiots wrestle for a world championship shot. So that throws AEW out of my window for two weeks. So NXT, that 15-minute runover was absolutely brilliant. 
Because they replayed, because like they replayed AEW after. Because <clears throat> we watched AEW, and then we knew the runover was going to happen. We flicked NXT, and what happened during the runover? The finish of the tag match and the Tommaso Ciampa return, and I came unglued for that. And the I almost said the impact zone. By the way, um, Full Sail also went absolutely bonkers. For that. And then um, after NXT, actually, Johnny Gargano came out and talked to the crowd a little bit. That was on Twitter. It was pretty mm. cool. Because I think Full Cell proves that you can do wrestling in the same place. Yeah. And it can be better than if you do it in different arenas, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell. Oh boy. Let's look, go through this. No, 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 no. We're going to go through this bit by bit. All right. First, we will start out with the positive. Well, actually, let's start off with the kickoff show. Yeah, I forget what was in the kickoff show. Um, <sighs> Natalia beating Lacey Evans uh, with a woman's right. No, she didn't beat him. Or uh, hitting a woman's right after beating her with a sharpshooter. Setting up a last woman standing match tonight, or Monday night. The Raw Women's Championship was the first match. That was the only, show, that was the only yep. match in the kickoff show? Yep. Alright. Oh, we should preface this by saying we there was only three matches. Four of the matches were announced on Twitter an hour beforehand. There was three matches built and the rest of them were just poof. They totally weren't over-focused on the season premieres and didn't write a damn thing for Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah, this... So this automatically starts the on the lower end of my scale. I mean, and you know, like, I, I mean, you should have something... I mean, understandably so. Season premiere is big, bigger than this pay per view event, and also you're. But it's a pay per view, and you're hitting the reset button in a week. But still, it's still a pay per view. Yeah, they need to do. I mean, this is like when they're. uh, This is almost as bad as when they were, you know, doing Evolution, but they had like Crown Jewel right before Evolution, and then they just were talking about Crown Jewel the whole time. And then they built towards then Evolution like, for like two weeks. And they're like, oh, Evolution is coming. Yeah, we're making history. It still ended up being the best pay-per-view probably of last year, I thought. One of the best, anyway. Out of all... All the takeovers are better. Well, I don't consider the take- separate takeovers from... Oh, okay. You want to separate the good pay-per-views. I mean, as far as main rosters... Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um... So, yeah, but one of the matches that was actually announced, because the matches that we had announced, two of them were the ones that put on the show, or put uh, started off the show. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks was announced it, it, before, like, the day of. And so was Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Luke Har- against Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. The other match was the last match, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. We might spend 15 minutes on that. That's little taste what's coming. We'll start with positive, though. The Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch defeating Sasha Banks, was really good. Yeah, really good. I liked it. Um, Sasha attacked Becky before the set even came down. And then Becky locked the cage from the inside after hitting Sasha a couple times with the chain, which was kind of Do you think, aside from that one, aside from WrestleMania 28, where they had to have the cell raised down, do you think that... Every time that the cell is coming down, somebody's going to be attacked beforehand? Going forward, you mean? No, do you think that's like a t- big tell? 
Oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, or because I they, would, they, yeah. they didn't do it for WrestleMania 28, but that's because they had to lower the cell and they were outside. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, so uh, telegraphing intels aside, that it finally got started in the ring after Sasha beat down Becky and Becca beat down Sasha. So they were both had a little bit taken out of them by a pre-match beatdown that went really both ways. And you know what? I think this was a pretty good match. It had some really good spots. Uh, Sasha Banks at one point, a good bit into the match, put a steel chair like she opened it and put the feet through the cage and ran. Uh, I think she wound up getting run into that. No, I think Becky ended up getting run. So Becky wound up getting run through into that. And then the spot that I loved was Becky Lynch set up a crap ton of kendo sticks in one of the corners of the cell. Yeah, Sasha Banks had set them up beforehand. Or she set up two of them. Yeah. Because they did, Becky got her face planted into them. And then she brought out, so then Becky brought up some more, made like a little platform. Mm-hmm. And then got a steel chair, opened the steel chair, and sat Sasha Banks up in the steel chair, punched her in the face, jumped up on the apron, and did a running missile drop kick on to Sasha, who was sitting on the chair on the kendo sticks, into the cage. And that spot was really cool and really inventive. A-plus for that spot. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, a lot of big, big moves like that. A lot of steel chairs and a lot of kendo sticks. Yeah, really. I mean, they were... Like, there were more steel chairs in there than a VFW hall. There was a, a really funny tweet I saw at one point during this match that said um, that uh, those 14 steel chairs under the ring was extra seating mandated by the Athletic Commission. Um, but anyway, the end of the match was set up by Sasha Banks throwing... No, don't forget the, the, um, the table spot. Table spot? Where, um, so they last time, how long so 2016, I believe it was. Women have been trying to, women have been doing like matches with their having table spots, and like more than half the time they don't work because they don't weigh enough to break the table. So, um, oh, yeah. So, you know, you know, everybody's, like, crossing every finger they have, you know, to make sure that this one actually works this time. And uh, Becky Lynch does, like, a yeah, very, when, when very Sasha, impressive leap. When Sasha hit the meteor on, on Becky, but Becky jumped about five feet into the air to go through the table. Yeah, that kind of looked bad. It was impressive, though. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> but it looked pretty. It looked pretty fake. It looked pretty bad. I mean, she really went through the table. <laughs> well, yeah, but she had to jump. She had to jump four feet near to do it. Yeah, she had to jump into the middle of the table to break it. Uh, so she like went through the table, and then Sasha went through the table type thing, right? In like a millisecond. And then um, that that it. It is at that point when Sasha winds up, they, they wind up on the outside. Sasha starts throwing chairs. Hit, well, no, she puts Becky into the chair on the sticking out of the cell. Then she throws a ton of chairs into the ring, intending to use them for who knows what. Was this when, she was, when Becky Lynch was laying down and like getting hit? <laughs> yes. Uh, then she wound up in the corner. Uh, Becky Lynch did. And Sasha Banks both wound up in the corner, 
doing the precarious position thing, which wound up with Sasha Banks, or uh, with Sasha Banks, well, she took it, with Becky Lynch hitting the backsploder on the steel chairs, then she locked in to disarm her. Sasha Banks tried to grab Becky by the hair and fight out of it, but she and couldn't. And even grabbed the steel chair, but couldn't. She eventually gave in, and Becky Lynch retained. This was really good. Um, Sasha Banks crying at the end made no sense, so that took a little bit of the edge off of it for me, personally. I mean, maybe it made sense, because that's what she was, I mean, supposedly what she was doing every time she loses. So, so um, there was a couple of things that didn't look fantastic and then also personally didn't care for her crying at the end and i also wasn't sure why they had becky win uh yeah why becky win i thought this would have been a perfect opportunity to have sasha win and have a long heel run i mean becky lynch has been great she's been top top superstar but i think it's time for a title change you sure they wouldn't say that they're not saving that for a big four like they just redo it at survivor series but sasha wins Maybe, but considering the fact that like Survivor Series is now SmackDown versus Raw, <clears throat> I don't know. Oh yeah, they might do that. Champion versus champion. See, I just don't see Becky losing it. Not a big four at this point. I don't know. Or they're or just have her break the record for longest women's title holder. Because she hasn't hit a year. That's true. They may just be doing that so that they can have her name on the record books. And then... Because is there... Not in the history of the wall women's title, but better women's champion than her? Don't know if I have one. What do you mean? Like, is there a better run as women's champion than hers? As far as... A better top female run than Becky's. Period. Probably, I mean, Charlotte's had pretty good runs. Yeah, but Becky got to, like, Daniel Bryan levels of over. So, the longest reigning... Um, it's a, a, one of the Bellas, right? Mm-mm. No? Not for Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> oh, okay. Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey, 232 days. And uh, Becky Lynch is at... I'm going to go to Reigns. Let us see here. She is at... 182 plus. So... So she's got, what'd you say, 100 more days to go? A little less. A little less than 100? Yeah. Because uh, Ronda Rousey went at 232. Okay. So let's see. It is she now won October at 7th. and lost at WrestleMania. So... It is October 7th. When we're recording this. Let's say you have her another 100 days. That would get you to... Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And then... Rousey gonna be back at some point? Could the Royal Rumble be... Well, she's hurt. Like, legitimately hurt. Like, she almost lost her hand. Filming a show. Yikes. So on to the next match. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan 
in a really, the first of several really bad booking decisions, or not several, major bad booking decisions. The feud of Eric Rowan and Luke Harper via pinfall in a very spot-heavy tornado tag match. The real highlight spot for me was towards the end when Eric Rowan and Luke Harper looked like they were going to powerbomb. And I don't know why Rowan was standing on the same table as Harper that was going to powerbomb somebody through it. Harper was going to powerbomb Daniel Bryan. Bryan reversed into a Hurricane Rana. And then Roman Reigns jumped on the barricade. And then he took two big steps. One on two table on the one of the random announced tables. Spanish announced table. One onto the, the or the U.S. one, and they went to the German. The U.S. announced table, and then speared Rowan downwards through the German announced table, which was a decent spot. Other than Roman Reigns acted like he had torn his ACL as soon as he hit the ground, and it could be because that guy might have shattered his freaking kneecap. Considering that when you watch the replay, his his the leg that he was grasping, his foot gets, which I think is his left, his foot gets caught on the last table as he's go as he's going downwards. Like one leg clears, the other hits the table, and his knee just right on the ground. So the WWE will be very lucky that Roman Reigns didn't get hurt in this match, and then. Um, Roman Reigns was going to shake Daniel Bryan's hand. Brian pulled away. Daniel Bryan and Roman won, by the way. I don't think you mentioned that. Oh, uh, no, I said it at the very beginning. Oh, you did? Yes. Um, and then they wound up hugging after some, let's be honest, time killing. That's the other problem I had with the show. There was a lot of stuff in between matches that didn't need to be there. In a lot of killing time. Like, well, we've got to hit four hours, or however long it wound up being. From 6 three. to 9.30. So like three and a half. Well, we got to hit three and a half. What do we do? Well, just stand there for a little while, pretend like you don't want to hug. That, that was another part that made this pay-per-view all the worse for me. Um, and I... I do not see the point in having... Reigns and Brian win. I don't. I see no point in it whatsoever. It I, makes this match worthless. I want Daniel Bryan to stay heel. He's a better heel. <clears throat> well, forget that. Rowan, you've been building up as a mean monster dude that you like. Look, you want to make strong into this into this feud. And then Luke Harper's back, and they're supposed to be. Oh no! You know you're not calling them the Bludgeon Brothers, but. Oh no! Look, look at this. It's Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, and they're really good, and they're really strong, and they're really scary, and they're really mean. Be afraid of them! Oh my God! And then they lose. It just some terrible booking. And then we have a match that I didn't even watch. Which one? Uh, Orton and Molly. I didn't watch that either. I saw like a couple of glimpses. It was a good counter with the RKO. I I spaced out. I was just this pay per view. There was like no reason for this match. This was one of the matches that was announced an hour before. There this was, was no match on the pre show. This was announced on the pre show. 
this there was no reason for this. I this after the Daniel Bryan thing, I was gone. I didn't care about anything until the main event. Well, there was a couple of matches I paid a bit more attention to, but I just didn't care. I well, I guarantee you, you paid a bit attention to the next match. But uh, but yeah, Randy Orton and and Mustafa Ali had a had a match. I am glad that my, uh, that Mustafa Ali is getting a match at pay per view. That he lost kind of sucks, but. You know what? Uh, keeping Mustafa Ali is hey, here's a mid carder that we're gonna put on a pay per view against Randy Orton to have a match with. That's overall not a terrible thing. No build, none of that crap makes it kind of sucky. But hey, at least Mustafa Ali got a pay per view. It got a, a match on a pay per view with a little bit of time with a good with a uh, good wrestler. So I'm good with I'm good with one part of this. Next matchup, the Kabuki Warriors are your new women's tag team champions. Interesting. <coughs> I watched a bit of this match. Um, like, like I said before, like I think uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross should be tag team champions a bit since they're actually on TV all the time. And also I really like their chemistry together and I think that will help build up more to win the inevitable turn, which I don't think should happen until towards Royal Rumble. Because, you know, like I said, you have that spacing that you... You think that should be a WrestleMania match? Yes. Which I'm fine with at this yeah. point. I'm like because, They're long gaming it. So yeah, because it. like you missed your opportunity at Extreme Rules, so now you have to make it longer. Because yeah. any other time it would be bad. Also, we have like, this weird double turn type thing. Yeah, um, the win of this was no, before, Oscar. Before that, uh, um... Kyrie Sane was walking the plank, going to do the, I forget what the move's called, but she goes there and pokes Nikki Cross in the eyes, and like probably the cutest, the most adorable eye poke I've seen in my entire life. She just goes there to go, and like Nikki looks like she got shot. The end of the match was Asuka misting. Nikki Cross kicking her in the face and then getting the pinfall and the win. And I was pretty surprised that the Kabuki Warriors turned heel. I mean, I'm not sure if they were heel or not. They're just, I have no idea. I'm like, this has been happening a lot lately. Well, they did heal things. They did heal things, but everybody's been doing heal things. This has been really weird. Like, they're just randomly doing things. Like, Charlotte's randomly babyface now. Daniel Bryan's randomly babyface again. Braun Strowman might be Big Show. Well, we already knew that. Bobby Lashley's making out with other guys' wives. Yeah. And Rusev was heel, and then he was face again, and now I think he's face again. Yeah, and also Braun Strowman apparently has a the uh, WMD now. So we're we're make they're fully making him Big Show. Speaking of the one Braun Strowman. This match was announced once again right before the show, and it was the Viking Raiders and a mystery partner against the OC. The mystery partner was Braun Strowman for... Because he's a big guy, too. Reasons? And the Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman defeated the OC via disqualification. Was that a disqualification? Yep. What's that's here? Um, 
I don't get why Braun Strowman was their partner. Probably just said something. They have AJ tortured Styles. plenty other people. The the OC, I mean. They have tortured plenty other people. Um, and Braun Strowman is now officially turning into the big show. He WMD'd AJ Styles out of midair when he was going for a phenomenal forearm. That was funny. And now they're setting up Strowman versus Tyson Fury, and I hope they explain who the hell this guy is. Um, because uh, this AJ, it, AJ Styles got up and OC were helping him up, and he's like, "I'm fine, I'm fine," and they kept falling over. He's like, "He's like, no, you're not fine." It was like it was funny. At this point, this kind of feels like Raw. Yeah. This kind of feels like a good Raw, but a terrible pay or a myth Raw. Not even a good Raw. Just a meh Raw. And they had moments. The 24-7 title segment was next. Um, no. The Street Profits were doing some promoing. and Recapping then our, the show, pretty much. Then our, like they've been doing, which is so stupid. I like it. Our truth and Carmella ran into them. And then Tamina rolled up Carmella from behind for some reason. And then Tyler... <laughs> Tyler Breeze showed up. Tamina punches Breeze in the face. Uh, okay. I mean, like, why is Tamina champion now? Like, where did she come from? She's been hurt. <laughs> the weirdest twenty-four segments, twenty-four-seven segment yet. This was just bad. I mean, this is and like, why did Tyler Breeze get punched in the face for no reason? Because he was gonna take. What did Tyler Breeze do? He was gonna take Tamina's title. The next. The next segment, and I agree with Michael Cole, Greg Hamilton should be fired. Um, was this the next segment? I thought there was a couple things before that. Uh-uh. They're calling Chad Gable Shorty Gable now. Oh, boy. Still waiting for that heel turn for the Napoleon conflict. Shorty Gable defeats King Corbin via pinfall. Baron Corbin made fun of Chad Gable for being short again. This feels like it was written by Vince McMahon, and it sucked. Gable beat Baron Corbin on a roll-up for the 1-2-3. And, and then ring announcer Greg Hamilton goes, And the winner, Shorty Gable! And then Michael Cole freaks out and screams like eight times for Hamilton to be fired. <laughs> And then Corey Graves, who can't really decide whether he's a heel commentator or a face commentator, um, it says, no, it, it's fine. The king decrees it. And then the next match. Yeah, remember, Baron Corbin is the reason why the Kansas City Royals are the Royals. <laughs> By the way, they chanted Burger King again, apparently. Oh, good. I've been hoping for that. Uh, they chanted it like the last like two Raws. They also have been chanting STD, so apparently he said something. Yeah, I don't... Strong, it was like a strong... The, I saw something on Twitter, The Rock gave him an STD. That's a whole different show. <laughs> yeah, he's, but I, I don't know Because I heard what him say a couple about. times what it stood for, but... Oh, The Rock called him an STD. Oh. Like some, oh, something okay. that's hard to get rid of or something? Yeah, uh, I guess. Well, that's highbrow comedy. Um, so, okay, so that's what the STD thing is about. Um, another 24-7 segment after the 
Baron Corbin, Chad, it, once again, this this is just Monday Night Raw. Like, seriously. This is a Raw or a SmackDown with a different set, and you got to pay money to watch it. Not oh. that you don't, like, you got to pay more money than usual to watch it. Um, I've got the network, $9.99. Our truth defeats Tamina via pinfall to win the title, and then Tamina in the segment also used Funaki as a hostage for no damn reason. Yeah, and then uh, R-Truth was going to karate him. Yes. Remember his old Kung Fu Naki days. Kung Fu Naki. Is that gimmick he had before he left? I kind of wish Funaki would have gotten the title. Yeah, just for a second. Just for a second before he gets rolled up by R-Truth. Then Carmella (sighs) super kicks Tamina and then R-Truth pins her. See, this is what upsets me because it looked like they were teasing like Renee Michelle was going to uh, uh, Drake Maverick's wife was going to start looking for her, and that was, and she's like they've already had some segments. I thought she's going to be champion soon. I think that would be cool. She actually, uh, actually just won an independent title not too long ago. I think she became a third time champion or something. Whatever it is, I don't think she's fully signed with WWE, but she's around. What is our timestamp, sir? I don't know. <laughs> Great timing. Charlotte Flair defeats. Uh, Bailey by, via submission to win the title, and this got Evan to go mm, afterwards. Yeah, I was don't understand why. I mean, obviously, like you know, I've heard that they wanted like the four big people to be champions leading up to the split. Ten-time women's champ on Fox. That's my explanation. And Flair, Flair versus Bailey, the name wins. The name wins. That's how it is to me. And I, I really It's what it smells like. I'm just hoping that this because you know they I mean it's interesting, like uh, we uh, lost connection for like three minutes. Like, job network. And uh, can we do that right? Well that's you know, I don't necessarily blame them for that. That could have been your internet or we do live in <laughs> in rural Illinois. My phone was working. Hey, don't tell the people where we live. We might get letters. Or you know how many rural Illinois there are? That's true. Everything that's not Chicago is rural. (laughs) Champagne isn't rural. Champagne is bad. Um. Any deeper thoughts on this? I will say. I I will say. Bailey and Charlotte did grab a bit of my interest back. Yeah, and when because. At this point, I have not given a damn since Roman and Brian and the Bludgeon Brothers. Like, it has been like two hours since I have paid legitimate attention. And I don't put that on me. I put that on them for not giving me a good product to watch. Because, like, we've watched WrestleMania together. It can hold our attention for seven hours. Yeah. I mean, there there are points where we like don't pay as much attention, but like we still pay a good bit of attention. We need a bit of a brain break at some points, but we still can pay a good a bit of attention. But on this one, we were both just like, we were both just, it was just bad. It was like watching her, and it was, we've explained before, and we haven't been shy about. You know, everybody goes through that little lull with wrestling. Like I've. I have discovered partially through this podcast that there were a lot more people at our school that have watched wrestling or like wrestling or currently watch wrestling than I thought. 
and they all kind of share one story. They all kind of share a part of the same story that at some point they were like me and had a years long break from wrestling. Now we aren't going to be doing that. And we still, we love wrestling, but you know, you go through lulls in wrestling and this is that kind of lolly time, particularly because of busyness and everything else. But this is that kind of time for a lull in a bad pay-per-view does not match well with a lull. I am hoping that they did show Bailey was upset. I was going to say that when we returned oh, right. from the three minutes of having to find the remote and get back on the on the website, uh, she was they were still showing her crying. So I'm hoping that this leads to her finally coming full 100% Bailey he- heel. Heel. That means new interest music. Maybe change up the look a bit. Get rid of the wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube men. No, keep the thumbs. Why? Because I like them. <laughs> what do you... She's a heel. Or she will be. What are you going to do with them? This is dastardly. People hate car salesmen. you going to have them have... you going to have them flail up with two middle fingers? That's not a bad Ooh, idea. Ooh, that's... I kind of like that. You can have them be like... like Although you'd have e- to blur e- it. Evil looking. I mean, think of all the places that have those wavy inflatable things. Tax tax places, car salesmen. These are people that people don't like. What tax place has those? I've seen them before. Like what? that, like what ancient our block has a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube band? Whew. Seth Rollins and the Fiend Bray Wyatt had a match that happened. We know that. Um, the ring had red lighting the entire match. The Fiend's entrance was amazing. And I loved the red lighting. A lot of people hated it, apparently. No, but I loved it. Added to the mystique, which they then destroyed. Um... They did at first where Rollins would do, like, Rollins throughout the match. A ton of kendo stick shots, a bunch of stomps, a pedigree at one point. What they were basically doing was the Fiend at first destroyed Seth Rollins, and then Rollins got a kendo stick, and the Fiend just shook it off like he didn't give a crap. Then Rollins just kept using... Object after object after objects. Then the Fiend would get a tiny comeback. Hits Sister Abigail. Or he hits Sister Abigail into the cell. Took out the big Harley Quinn hammer. Got the Harley Quinn hammer and was going to crush Seth Rollins' brain. And stuck it, although he didn't hit him in the head, he stuck it into Rollins' stomach and pushed him up against the cage. Because Vince has a fetish for Seth Rollins bleeding at the mouth, apparently. No, he wasn't bleeding yet. I know, but like that... That's what that should do. So the prop was cool. The lighting was good. The entrance was amazing. And the prop was good. I mean, it was a little bit more comedic but for like a serious fiend character, but I like it. And then Rollins just starts getting all the offense. Rollins hits just stomp after stomp after stomp after stomp. Object after object, I counted at one point 11 stomps that the Fiend took. And then 
For some reason, Rollins would have like forced Thompson around and just not pin him. Then he'd go do a splash or hit him with something. And then he'd pin him. And then the Fiend would kick out at one. Basically, they're trying to show that the Fiend can take a beating. But they're literally having him like prone on the ground and then just kick out. That's all he's doing. It's getting bad. Rollins put... Uh, and fans are realizing that the Fiend's not going to win this. And they're worried that Rollins is actually going to win this way. So they start turning on the match because they're booing while he's stomping, but he che- big pop as soon as he kicks out. Rollins lays a chair over the Fiend's face and then pulls out a mini ladder, hits the chair with a ladder, and oh my god, the director's an idiot. The director, and I mean like, like camera-wise, the director the shows the camera shot. Well, it's the director's responsibility. The director has the technical director take the camera shot of Wyatt moving the chair and turning his head so it doesn't squish his brain. And then Rollins hits the chair, which they literally showed them moving. Idiots. Although this completely... Was not the biggest load of crap in this match. Everything after this was. Then Rollins takes the um, ladder and puts it on top of his face. Opens the ladder and puts the chair in between the ladder, which isn't going to do anything. He puts the the ladder on his face and then he puts a chair in there. And then he gets a toolbox. I don't know whether there's a toolbox of um, Vince Russo's ideas in there or what it is. He bashes the ladder-chair combo with the toolbox for some weird reason. And then he puts the toolbox on there because that's going to do something. So he's got all of this crap piled on his face, on, on the Fiend's face. And the Fiend has been lying in the center of the ring for like five minutes. Just nothing. Not moving. Other than breathing. Seth Rollins is like having total psycho meltdown. He goes out, grabs a sledgehammer, and then the in a no DQ match, the referee goes, "Oh, stop what you're doing, Seth! Oh no, this isn't you. This is not who you are. Don't murder this man." Even though that we showed it's a that we show that we gimmick stuff. Um, oh no. Please don't hurt him. So, let me get this straight. The ref, you have this monster, this horrible, terrible being that murders Rambling Rabbit every five seconds. And he's got all the puppets of different characters and himself and made Vince McMahon look like the devil, which is hilarious. And has this amazing mask, an amazing intro, a sadistic theme, a sadistic character, and the ref is the one that's trying to save him? It's horribly stupid writing. Well, in all fairness, the referee usually tries to stop, even if it's no disqualification, like Extreme Rules match. They try to reason with people, even though they don't, they can't disqualify them. Rollins has got the sledgehammer raised, and then he looks at the ref. He's like, "Lower season. You're right. You're right." This is not who I am. Then he goes, Wah! and he grabs the hammer, 
hits all the stuff, the fiend goes, woo, throws his legs in the air, the ref goes, that's it, that's it, and throws out a no disqualification, anything goes match. Well, the Senate wasn't disqualification, he just stopped the match because of referee discretion, because he thought Wyatt was dead. But it's a hell in a cell match. You murdered Mick Foley, you attempted murder, and that didn't stop it, and then you tried to kill tried him again. <laughs> They tried to kill him once, and then you didn't kill him enough, so you tried to murder him again. You tried to murder Mick Foley twice. And that could have legitly killed him. One of them. And The Undertaker wasn't even okay with that because he thought Mick was dead. So Rollins screams at The Fiend. They're raising the cage. The crowd goes full Full radio rental. They go full BS chance. They chant AEW, which is bad. The referees go run over to the fiend, and it looks like they're going to put the fiend on the stretcher. And this is bordering near worst segment of the year territory. And Rollins is like standing there. They put the fiend on half the stretcher, and then Rollins just throws everybody out of the way and grabs the fiend by his straps and goes, You made me do this! You made me do this! The fiend jumps up, grabs him with the mandible claw, rips him outside the ring, hits Sister Abigail. The fans start, Restart the match! Restart the match! And there's like 20 minutes left until 9.30, so it's like, okay, maybe they will. Nope! He just puts Rollins in the mandible claw... Blood pours out of Rollins' he mouth. He took the protective padding off the ground and did another extravagant on the concrete. Blood pours out of Rollins' mouth. The crowd booed. They had the laughter. The show ends. The show ends with fade to black, and you can hear laughing and boos. And yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is all you hear is boo. <laughs> like the, the maniacal laughter. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! And there were videos on Twitter everywhere. Um, refund, 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 refund. AE dub, AE dub, AE dub. Um, there was one more. Crap. What was it? There was one more that was really bad. But, uh, but yeah. That was... And, and we can't even do it justice. Is there a worse end to a pay-per-view? Oh, there's been a few. I mean, I'm sure there have been some bad ones, but there was man, a time, that was a stinker. There was a long stretch where that's how every pay-per-view ended. Well, I know within the Brock Lesnar time, that's basically how all of them end. But... Man, that was bad. Just and I think what made it worse is the pay-per-view was such a bad rush job. Just in general, this If I gave this pay-per-view a grade, I I I kind of I'd, I'd give it a Z. <laughs> you can't give it an E for effort because there was none. Put by booking wise. The only thing that saves this from me stamping up and down screaming F, 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 this is the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen, is um, the first match. That's it. 
First match, second match was decent. Everything else was a bad... This was... I, here's the grade that I'll give to this. It's myth, myth television with a terrible ending. I feel like that's fair. So, let's hope the next pay-per-view is better or WWE well, is going to really Series, So, there's no way it won't be. No, that's a lie. The next pay-per-view is Crown Jewel. I even watch that. Huh? We won't be able to. We'll have class. Oh, they We have news, the... too. I think it's Thursday. Are they airing in the middle of the day again? They, they have to. It's in Saudi Arabia. Right, but I thought they taped the first one. First couple. They have it live. Oh. So, so it'll be at 12 o'clock Thursday, I believe. Uh, yeah. No, not watching that. So we'll be, we'll be setting up for news. We'll, uh, we'll watch the highlights or something. Your thoughts on the garbage ending to Hell in a Cell? I mean, I knew they were... I mean, I saw what they were trying to do, but it just did not work. This is my question. Why does the match happen? Why? Because you promised? I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, why do that match to begin with? Like, you promised this, so you must deliver, but why promise to begin with? Like, I explained this to you. Did you think my explanation was reasonable? Probably. I don't remember. Um... My explanation was Vince said, I want The Fiend and Seth Rollins wrestling in Hell in a Cell. And then the booking, the the writers and the bookers went, well, now what do we do? And this is what they came up with. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Is that, that this was... Uh, a match, and then like Heyman or whoever wrote this was like, uh, I don't know. Um, let's try this, and it didn't work. I think Seth Rollins is heel at this point because not that they tried to, but he's probably going to get booed out of the next few buildings. I am really cur curious to watch the highlights of this week's Raw to see if there are any cheers. Because keep in mind, this is the downfall of doing your pay per views in the same city the next night. Or do they, do it? they don't do the same. They only do that for bigger pay per views. No, they were in Sacramento the night. They were? Yeah. Yeah, as far as I know. I thought they would be like close, but not. Seven. Let me make sure, but I am fairly certain that they were in Sacramento tonight. Where, Which is where they were for uh, Hell in a Cell. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, very close to Sacramento anyway, Bakersfield. Yeah. So, but anyway, Sacramento is going to be pretty dead for a while. Rollins just killed the town. And you know what? Oh, man, that was bad. Uh, AEW put out a couple of tweets and said, hey... Uh, I think it was it was one of the Bucks put out on Twitter and said, you know, if you're looking for an alternative, there we have a show this Wednesday at seven, which is really good. And there was a couple of jokes on Twitter that Tony Khan is calling the Golden One Center people as fast as he possibly can, which is honestly what I do. The next open slot on my schedule, if I'm AEW, I'd be going to Sacramento. It, to just go somewhere, somewhere in Sacramento, maybe not that big arena, 
but just do something in Sacramento. Um, yeah, not a big fan. Uh, not, uh, not a little fan, even, of most of this pay-per-view. This is... Oh. I think Seth Rollins is heel now. He's just going to get booed out of the building. And I think they've kind of successfully murdered The Fiend. The Fiend needed to win or this needed to be reversed. Or The Fiend brutalizes Seth Rollins so bad the referee wimps out and throws it out. If you're going to have the ref throw out, a not, throw out a no DQ match, it needed to be the other way. Um, we'll see. So I think that is it for the radio portion of the show. So the rest of this you will hear in about two seconds if you are listening on the podcast. But if you're on 88.3 The Dog, have a good night. And you can check out the rest of this probably Thursday. On? On wherever podcasts are sold. (laughs) Sold? We're charging money? Not yet. Found. Found. Major places. Google Podcasts. Android Podcasts. Android Podcasts is another thing. Oh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, there we go, Sp- uh, Spotify, Anchor, and a couple other places as well, and maybe soon, hopefully, CastBox. So, thank you for listening to the dog portion of this. Please continue listening if you're on the podcast, and if you're not on the podcast, get there, because the draft special is coming up very soon. All of you in Macomb, have a good night. Let's do this. So... Welcome in to the, well, it's not really a welcome because you've already been listening. This is the secret portion of the podcast, although it's really no secret, so that didn't work either. This is the portion of the podcast that is exclusive to the podcast, the Raw and SmackDown draft special. Evan, will you please lay out the terms that you have selected for this draft? So the terms are based on uh, what the, and we'll do it based on what Wikipedia has on their roster sheet, based on what 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 is who is on Raw and who's on SmackDown. Um, I said we'd choose two women and two men to go to go to NXT. Um, whether or not you want to count Finn Balor as already one of those. Finn Balor's already down to me. All right. So, and then, like, if they're, if we want to have them change a show, we'll have them change. If not, then we'll just won't mention them, and we'll go, you know, based on uh, tag teams and groups and stuff, we'll go over as well. So, would you like to do this as I represent Raw, you represent SmackDown, or will we just be picking moves? I pick moves because I think like what we think would be better based on just the show. Okay. Would you like would you like move number one or would you like I to make move number one? You can make move number one. Okay. Um And like we don't know how many moves are gonna be, we're just like looking through the roster and see who what would make sense to be on the A show of SmackDown and who to be on a three hour show like Raw. To me, the first move that happens, and this is because they usually do this on their last few drafts, and I think because he's one of the biggest faces in the company. He is, he really should have a SmackDown home anyway. I don't think he ever should have come to Raw. AJ Styles back to SmackDown. 
AJ Smiles, I can agree with that. Do you, does the OC go with him? I say mm, yes. Yeah, that's probably because their gimmick is built around at this point, but the bigger piece is Styles. But yeah, if you want to, in a later move, if you want to bring the OC with, I'm okay with that. Evan, your ne- your first move. Well, I guess that would be an easy one. I would say Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn would go to go to Raw. Then. And your reason why? Because the United States Championship has moved to moved to SmackDown. So switch the titles as they have been doing. Put the IC back onto uh, onto uh, Raw and the US back onto SmackDown. So for my next move, I am going to uh, so one woman and one woman, one man down to NXT, and we're going to do what one each. Yeah, or a tag team if you want. Okay. What about ups from NXT? Is ups fair game? No, I won't do ups because I don't think they're sending anybody up this time. Okay. Um, my I think my next movement is going to be well. This will be an interesting one. We'll. We'll see how this winds up playing out. I think they've got to do something with Ember Moon. And they've got to do something with her soon. Before they lose it completely. I like Ember Moon to stay on SmackDown. And I think Ember should go to Raw. And this is the reason why. They're not doing much with her on SmackDown. I think moving and getting her name. Like have Ember Moon be a reasonably high pick. Get her name to move. Get her name with some more, um, not fluidity, that's not the word I'm looking for, but have her name mean something, bring it up pretty early, have her get drafted like on SmackDown so that she gets a national audience, oh hey look, this new person's going to, to Raw, and try and give Ember Moon some kind of a push. Either that or Ember is one of the people that goes down, it's one of the two to me, but Ember needs something. I think that she needs something serious. I think she had an opportunity, but they decided to have Charlotte win the championship. Now, do I think it'll be a long reign? Probably not. She could be a holder for Bailey to win again when she becomes like the heel again. And then Ember Moon would be a great, great uh, catalyst for that. And that's why I think Ember Moon should stay on SmackDown. Uh, I would say for... Uh, Samoa Joe goes back to SmackDown. I'd like that one too. He's However, I've been ne- going back and forth about this because are they going to focus SmackDown and be just more of wrestling and have very few storylines and promos? Because if that's the case, it keeps Samoa Joe on, on Raw. Hmm. That's interesting. But I think Samoa Joe is legit enough to be on a Fox Sports. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, but wait a minute. Well, Joe's one of your more legit people. For my next trick, I will yawn, and then after that, I think my next pick is going to be one of my move downs from uh, the WWE back down to NXT. Um, and I think it's going to be Aleister Black. Now, I don't think they've done much with the Aleister Black call-up. I don't know whether they're waiting or what is going on. They're probably waiting. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to be the Nikon machine. 
But Alistair Black... Because he was of, doing stuff with Sami Zayn before he disappeared. As of right now, they're not doing a ton with him. And I don't really see a reason that he stays up. Or, like, I don't I don't see what, what's, what's keeping him up. And him going back down with Champa back and NXT, no law... I mean... By moving Finn Balor down, that signals to me that they're not looking as NXT as the feeding ground anymore. It is its own legitimate brand, and if that's the case, moving Aleister Black where he's as far over as anybody would be a good idea. Evan, you're next. Sip over to Raw for a bit because he's doing that terrible storyline with Lana and Bobby Lashley, and need to have that on Fox. Okay, I have... I, I, you know what? I'm actually going to let you pick my next pick because I have two ideas. But I have used one of our two NXT move-down options already. We might have to turn it back to five because I'm running out of, out of moves. So, how about this? Cedric... Uh, my first thought was Cedric Alexander goes down and you make him a big part of the cruiserweight division. You've been kind of pushing Cedric Alexander aside on the main roster. He's lost the last several matches to AJ Styles and has lost the steam. And making him big in your cruiserweight division would add the... I don't want to say credibility because I feel like the NXT crowd a, a solid bit has watched 205 Live and would like the cruiserweights anyway. But just for the audience that's, that is rather exclusive to USA to appeal them to NXT, see having... A guy that is on Raw now be on NXT as part of the Cruiserweights divisions, I think could help them out. And Cedric Alexander is also really exciting. So I would like to see Cedric go down to NXT to be a part of the Cruiserweight division, or, and maybe you might take this one, Ethan, I think Ethan Carter III needs to go back. Yeah. Because... They're wasted. They were wasting Finn Balor completely, and they gave him back to Triple H to not waste EC3 the same way to me. Yeah, I went. Uh, I think EC3 should go back. I mean, he's such a good character. Like, he's, he's so charismatic. I think they should use him. So, yeah, EC3 should go to NXT. That would be my pick for NXT. I think Cesaro should go to NXT UK personally. Just really? To just to do something over there for a bit. If you're not gonna have Cesaro go back to NXT, I think he can be like like this. Like he went to back to NXT for a bit, and he was like really beneficial. You think there's gonna be any veterans that go down to NXT for the appeal to the USA audience? There might, because I think that's a part of this too, and I think a, <clears throat> a prime candidate of that would be Cesaro, probably. Mm -hmm. So this is pick number six for me, I believe. Correct? We'll take it, because we're running out of picks. <laughs> uh, pick number six is going to be a female. And for this pick, see, this is where I would have... Uh, I would have had Sasha win, and this is where Becky goes to SmackDown. But... Since you can't do that because they're the champions, I, I am taking Sasha. She goes to SmackDown. Bailey goes to Raw. 
until they lose the championship. I see. I say that they had the four horsemen flip. So like eventually Bailey and Charlotte would go to Raw, and Sasha and Becky would go to SmackDown. Which I think will happen, but you're gonna have to drop them, drop titles first. Yeah. So I think this this is the preeminent move. Sasha goes to work with Charlotte. Bailey goes to work with Becky. Because we're assuming Bailey is going heel, so it still works out okay. I think Smack the number two women on SmackDown and Raw, flippity floppity, ippity hoppity. Your sixth pick. Well, that kind of was my sixth pick. Oh, the uh, the other half of the flip. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, my seventh pick in this draft. So the goal of the, this draft is probably to get your big stars onto Fox, which is why I think AJ Styles is pick number one. Brock Lesnar, he's actually listed as a as a Raw superstar. But he's got the WWE SmackDown title. So I'm not even going to really count that as a pick because I feel like it's already kind of understood. Mm-hmm. They may do it as a pick, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that it's understood that he is. Um, I'm going to go that Rey Mysterio heads over to SmackDown. I think because Rey Mysterio, in my mind, will always be a SmackDown guy. Yeah. Maybe that's just because of why I started, but he's a feel-good name. He's an old. He's a big-time wrestling name. I would. And also, you got the storyline with his kid, and family is something that Fox can pitch decently well, and everybody loves the father-son thing in sports. So yeah, Rey Mysterio uh, over to uh, SmackDown for yeah. me. I mean, I can say that I, I like want to be careful giving SmackDown too much because I want Raw to have enough stars because they're three hours long, and also I think Raw is going to be the new SmackDown as far as they're going to be the ones that build up stars. Also, right, need, need people for that. And if they're going to build up stars, I would say Liv Morgan goes over to Raw, even though I really well SmackDown Live doesn't work anymore because it's no longer SmackDown Live, so they missed their opportunity. So I say Liv Morgan goes to goes to Raw, and they can have a <coughs> they can have a division with you know um, Lacey Evans, uh, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan. Those where you have those three, you know that can be and Dana Brooke that could be built up, and then you have you know but you would have your Alexa Bliss and Naomi Natalia Naya and uh, Nikki Crosby on Raw. My next pick is the pick just kind of out of necessity because I don't think there's enough room for him. I think Shelton Benjamin lines up on Raw. Yeah. After this, because you're going to have to have some balancing moves. Raw is obviously going to lose this draft just because of the position they're in on television. <coughs> and I think Shelton Benjamin going over to a B show. And being in the mid-card is the right place for him. And he doesn't have any place on the SmackDown that will be after this draft anyway. So they would use, they would lose him, uh, use him already less than they are, which is not a lot. So, Shelton Benjamin, 
over to SmackDown. I believe that is pick or, uh, over to Raw. Excuse me. I think that is pick number eight for me, and then number eight for you. Hmm. Well, um. I say move Zelina Vega back to NXT. Is Andrade coming with? No, just Vega on her own. Yeah, I want Vega to start with because she's been. I mean, she just celebrated her like what, her like seventh year anniversary or something in the wrestling business. Be like, she never wrestles. Like, she obviously can. It's like something. It's like one of those things where she needs to get her opportunity and she's not getting it. Like. Her and Lana, I think, she go to NXT, but Lana's not going to leave. Well, they won't pull Lana now. Yeah. And I like I was thinking about having Sonya Deville go to NXT, back to NXT, but I want to keep a tag team, the tag teams together for the tag team division. So, yeah, Zelina Vega goes to NXT. Now, this next one, I'm a bit torn about. Because if they do this, then this might... Hmm. I think Alexa Bliss is one of the top female superstars in WWE today and is more than capable of carrying out a number two storyline. Uh, in the, in the women's division and could be the champion at some point. Her and Asuka would by no means be the worst thing in the world. And with Ember Moon going over and the switch going on and you have Liv Morgan heading to Raw, correct? Mm-hmm. So with them going over, there's going to need to be somebody coming back. And I think that person coming back over to SmackDown is going to be Alexa Bliss. But I had Alexa Bliss in the thing you crossed the stand wrong. So you have them at Raw. Yeah, at least for a bit. Because I really want that them to stay a team and to eventually have that fall. Well, you could bring Crossover too. I mean, you could just send Liv and Sarah over to have uh, Alexa and Mickey come over. Because I think that that feud is higher. That, that I think that would be a SmackDown-worthy feud, to me, and also Alexa Bliss. But is. I also wanted like you know bigger names for like you know for your Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, like to go off of. Mm. Have your veteran people. <sighs> but I don't think Nikki Cross is new enough to fill that though. Hmm. I don't think Nikki Cross is new enough to fill that. New enough to fill what? The older veteran that you that you use to put other people over. Well, not necessarily put them over, but you know to help train people up and stuff. You can just keep using Natalia for that. Mm-hmm. Sure, I and, guess you uh, could put uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, these folks and Nick and Nikki Cross um, on SmackDown. Okay, Evan. Tag teams will be able to be on both both anyway. Women's tag teams, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they do dissolve the tag team division for the moment, I think that Bliss being on SmackDown will wind up being better because you probably break up Bliss and Cross if you 
get rid of the tag team division. And Bliss being on SmackDown would be better in the long run for you. Evan, pick nine. Uh, I'll send Elias to Raw. Okay. Don't want his musical talents on SmackDown? I mean, it just seems like he would be better suited for Raw. I mean, like I said, like he... I mean, like I said, Raw is going to be like the like the show of opportunity like SmackDown was, and I think Elias can get an opportunity, more of an opportunity on Raw than on SmackDown. My next one, and I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier, Braun Strowman is going to SmackDown. Um, they want to do the sportsy thing, and Tyson Fury's prize-fighting boxer, and that is going to wind up being on SmackDown. That fight, just like the Lesnar King Velasquez thing, is going to wind up being on SmackDown. Actually, that was probably also going to be a problem. But the, the Strowman-Fury feud will wind up being on SmackDown to me. Strowman goes to SmackDown for my pick nine. I'd say uh, Ricochet goes on SmackDown. It'd be nice if Fox has a superhero type things and stuff. Okay, I didn't really think of that angle to be honest with. You. Okay, because I, I I thought about we're Ricochet. We're used to it. pretty quickly because you know once again I'm a big Ricochet guy. The last pick in my draft. Have we sent two women down to NXT yet? Yeah, I sent Zelina Vega. And you sent Ember Moon. No, I sent Ember Moon over uh, across brands. I uh, switched uh, Moon from SmackDown to Raw. Oh. To help the Raw division and finally get some of her time. And then Alexa Bliss is kind of the, the trade back for that. Bliss is a bigger star at the moment. But uh, Moon going down to NXT is not a bad idea. But since she has already claimed that we do need another lady to head back down uh, to NXT. Hmm. I have a thought for you. Although the Raw Women's Division may be too thin. Um, Natty go down to be trainer and transition to her into life after active wrestling. No. I would no? I would still... I lose my mic. I would still have her... Keep doing the jobs. Okay. Um, <coughs> at least till Mickey James gets better. And then Mickey James can take that role for a while. And you can have Natalia take a break from being fodder for a while. Man, I, I, I think this is interesting. Because, you know, who would it be that you send out? Because I agree, I think there should be a second person that goes down... Could this be the place? If if we are assuming that the rumor is true, is this where you let Sonya Deville go down? I assumed that, but I wanted to keep the tag team divisions together. The tag teams together. Well, you can send Mandy down too. That's fine. No, I mean, will, will they be able to compete for the titles? Yeah, you can. You can do that on NXT, I think. But the ultimate goal would. You, Mandy would come with for the tag team thing for right now. It would just be like the Bliss and Cross move setting up for later. Have DeVille wind up getting a singles push at the end. And Sonya would be a decent person if you would face her. I think. They've never done it because DeVille's been up that uh, longer than Shane has been champion. But yeah, I, I think that would work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
Evan, your final pick. And of course, folks, this is assuming that there's no call-ups from NXT because of the status of NXT as its own separate brand now. Won't be involved in this draft that I know of, uh, like legitimately, but there will be a couple of go-downs as, as happenstance. And I don't think we're assuming any returns either. So like, Lars Sullivan's return, none of that stuff is being assumed. Hmm. Or is being predicted here. Uh, I went Sin, Sin Cara to to Raw and team up with Lucha House Party. And your explanation for that simply Lucha? Pretty much. Sin Cara hasn't done anything for a bit. Honestly, I had to think real quick if he was already part of Lucha House Party, but he's not. Who is Lucha House Party? Grandma Talib, Kalisto, and who else? Lince Dorado. Oh, Lince Dorado, that's right. So I have a four-person stable over there? Yeah. Or maybe oh. have Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara do that tag team that they wanted to do beforehand, but it never worked out. When they had the original Sin Cara. So some other, I don't want to call them prop bets, but do you think they will happen for this uh, upcoming draft event? Do you think that anybody from NXT UK winds up permanently on the main or NXT rosters? And do you think that anybody from the main or NXT roster winds up permanently on NXT UK? Um, no, I don't think they're going to bring anybody up. Personally, I think there may be a small element of the draft in NXT, and if it does, Pete Dunne is probably, they're probably going to officially permanently move him to NXT. I think Valter is going to continue going between both, perhaps, but I think Pete Dunne will wind up back in NXT, at least, at least for, for the, the uh, foreseeable future, which is what the draft is for. Another prop that I have for you. Do you think that just a couple of weeks in, they will have given any thought to reassigning commentators? Maybe eventually. But with this draft, or are the days of drafting commentator over? They're not, not going to draft commentators now. Because they just set up their team. And that I feel was, that would be smart. To just leave it alone. Can you think of any other things that you think could happen? Any other interesting tidbits? Not what you would do, but what you could do. I can't really think of anything. I mean, Drew McIntyre might return. And where would you put him? I don't know. I would probably. I think he'd go to. I would put him on Raw. Because if you think about it for a second, if you bring McIntyre back, like, well, AJ Styles back on SmackDown, we put Joe back on SmackDown, um, Braun's over on SmackDown now with to to feud with the MMA fighting thing. Raw's going to need somebody, and this could be the place where McIntyre finally gets a step up and quits being a henchman. Mm -hmm. Which would be a really good thing for Drew and a good thing for Raw. Ooh, I kind of... I'm really starting to like this idea. So you don't think any NXT call-ups at all? No. Not the Street Profits. I consider Street Profits already sort of in. But they're but they're officially 
um, NXT, though. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if anybody on NXT is ready that isn't Gargano, Dream, or Adam Cole. What at? You know what? Let me ask you a question. As long as we're talking draft, is does Adam Cole ever go up? Yeah, he'll be up. Or is it linear at this point? I think it goes up eventually. It's not now. But does Adam Cole even wind up going, or is he just a face, or is it, is it just he, Gargano, that are the faces of NXT for the next while? I think they might bring him up to other shows. Eventually. So then if we agree... Do, well, first of all, do we agree that Adam Cole is the face of NXT? One of them. Who is the next one? Like, the faces right now of NXT, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, uh, Velveteen Dream, Shayna Baszler. Who do you think is the next... Is there a next group? You mean the next person that? Yeah, like, who's... Because that's what I've been starting to wonder. I think Io Shirai is one feud away from being... It's like, who's the next big face of NXT? Because, like, when Alistair left, Adam Cole stepped up into that. Like, they, uh, when Moon was gone, here came Shayna. Like, they've had great... Bat, like, they've had great rise up the ranks through NXT. I think that's why nobody's been seriously called up in a while. Because I'm not sure how much there... I mean... Is Dijakovic going to become something great? You know, we could we could see about that. Do you love Keith Lee that much? Do, does anybody love Kona Reeves or... Um, I like Keith Lee. Uh, yeah, Keith Lee or uh, Matt Riddle, um, uh, Kona, um, what's his name? Mama, blah, 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 blah. The really big guy, Cassius. Do you like Cassius? I don't know that much. I think Bianca Belair is the next big deal in the women's division after Shayna. Personally, because I think at some point Shayna's going up because of four horsewomen. Do you... How long before that happens? Are we talking... Are we like two years away from that still? Or is that going to happen? Well, keep in mind, Ronda Rousey's contract is up in 2021. They want to do that so you them. almost have to do that next year. Yeah, I'd say by next Survivor Series. That this has to happen if they're ever going to do it. Yeah. Or, or you can always have the three. I mean, I would have the the other two need to have more experience. For the... I, I think that's the one of the other things that's going to come about out of this draft or out of sometime very soon is that we're going to see the, the two henchmen of Shayna Baszler start to get start wrestling on television because that build is going to have to go quickly. It's always interesting. (laughs) (coughs) Shooting a podcast in a house at 9 o'clock at night, coughing death. Um, I think that's it for this one. Oh, yeah. Because it's like almost 10 o'clock.
apologize for the tiredness, folks. Thank you for sticking with us through this podcast. I still have to write news for tomorrow, and Evan still has to go to bed and then get up early and make graphics. And videographer tomorrow, too. And videographer tomorrow. We are very busy people, and thank you for listening to this edition of No Marks Allowed. That's it for us, unless Evan has anything else. No, just saying, uh, sorry that the draft probably wasn't as exciting as it could have been, but, you know, we're... We're, I mean, it's hard to do. If we had another two weeks, you know. And had a more, like, fantasy draft type thing. Exactly. Where we had, like, everybody, all the rosters, and being able to do everything. But it was just not like that. Yeah, if, if, if we had a little bit more time in our schedules, this could have been something really good. And, yeah, I think your point is warranted, but I think we still did a decent job. I like kind of what we've crafted between the two of us. So, all right. That's it for this edition of No Marks Allowed, folks. Thank you very much for listening. I am rather tired and still have a lot of stuff to do tonight. Oh, my goodness. So, for Evan Williams, I'm Michael Dion. Evan Williams' son, I am Michael Dion. Thank you very much for listening. Please stick with us, folks. We'll be less tired next week. Probably not. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>